0: What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Day Sniper Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kalen Wojcik, and I am here with your other host, Philip Bleo. And this is going to be episode number 55. And today it's going to be kind of a recap episode, just kind of touching bases on things, getting you guys up to speed on what's going on at Modern Day Sniper and what we've been up to for the last, uh, you know, 45 days or so. And With that being said, for those of you guys who are returning listeners, thank you for being a returning listener. And for those of you guys uh, that are out there that this is the first time you've heard of the Modern Day Sniper podcast, welcome to the show. And this podcast is dedicated to the discerning shooter, whether you are a professional uh, military or law enforcement sniper, whether you are a competitor, a hunter or a long range shooting enthusiast you are most likely just like myself and philip you are a forever student of this craft and this podcast is all about your journey as a rifleman as a uh, whatever uh, whatever archetype that is for you so welcome to the show and let's go ahead and get it kicked off what's going on phil
1: what's up buddy how are you
0: no oh, not too bad man i'm just um i'm actually feeling pretty good. I got my Washington state deer tag filled, uh, last week and I'm pretty stoked about that. Now it kind of frees me up to focus on trying to get my, uh, the nemesis bear tag filled, uh, this year. And we're going to be putting in some effort on that here coming up pretty quick. So I'm pretty stoked to, uh, have another high country, another successful high country hunter in my belt. That's a, that's a tough hunt. And I always appreciate that, that trip.
1: Dude, let's talk about your uh, your hunt, man. Your uh, it's been a couple of years since you've done your high high country hunt. I think the last time that I remember you going on one was was it nineteen or eighteen? It was
0: eighteen, actually. Uh, Castle just talking about. Like
1: was it nineteen? You got sick. Twenty, we were together. uh, We're we're, modern day sniper was really just kicking off, and so I I don't think you were able to to do that one. And then yeah
0: well so yeah so the last trip um uh was yeah was was 18 and then 19 year right i got sick and um then but the year 2020 that was the year that we went and did the grand teton goat trip
1: that's right
0: um, that's right so if you guys haven't um checked that out we have a youtube film up on our youtube channel at modern day sniper it's a 19 minute film covering that whole trip it's called uh, goats in the Grand Tetons, and uh, just cruise over to the YouTube channel, check it out. Uh, it came out really, really well. Um, Brian Butler of uh, Travel West Productions, who did our, um, uh, our initial run of master classes with us and kind of got us kicked off, he came along the trip and filmed it with us. But, um, super, super cool production, and um, we've been getting a lot of positive feedback on it. But yeah, this year, um, you know, we were actually supposed to go back to the Tetons this year. And um, Ian Harrison from the uh, uh, Honcho at Recoil called at the last minute and said he couldn't make it. And so um, we kind of pulled an audible real quick and I made a run up into uh, our my spot up in the high country and um, was able to close the deal on a buck uh, on the third or fourth day of the trip. So really, really good trip. Um, I love hunting that area. It's not for... It's not for the the faint of heart. It's um, it's a tough trip in terms of you know physical uh, exertion just because of the amount of climbing that you got to do and the terrain that those deer live in. There's a reason they live up there. Uh, they're unmolested. They're unbothered, and uh, they're pretty much just kind of free to do what they what they do. And it's a great hunt because you can chase bucks right in you know the first part of September with a rifle before really anybody's had a crack at them. So it's it's an awesome trip
1: you were essentially, um, by yourself, right? The whole, like Mm -hmm. you had, you, you shared the Canyon with nobody.
0: Yeah. You know, I thought I did. And then there was, um, the, the majority of the, you know, where I was at, yes, I was completely by myself. There was no other campsites there. Um, matter of fact, on my way out, however, um, we bumped into a couple of other successful hunters that were hunting on the opposite side of the basin as I am because that basin is so damn big. It's, um, it's, you know, it's tough to, you you can't see anybody. Right. So um, those guys were successful. They shot a buck um, the day before I shot my buck, which was really cool. Um, I love bumping into other people that are successful up there because if you're up there, you want it. And it's, um, it's something that you're willing to go bust your ass and work for. Um, That trip is, is uh it's tough in terms of you know and the weather the weather can be really really gnarly up there and it can come really fast and it can get really really gnarly and then it just goes away as fast as it as it showed up so um it was a good trip i learned a lot and i I did do a solo trip on this one and um you know it's uh it's one of those things that everything is work right and everything you're doing everything by yourself and so you have to kind of shift how you make decisions of you know um because everything has a consequence up there right so if you make a decision now you got to deal with it so now you got to now you got an animal on the ground and it's like okay now we got to go figure it out in this particular location it took me five hours to get from where i shot the deer to recovering it and so that's also big time consideration that comes from just experience hunting in those types of mountain environments and saying hey man can i really do this and if the weather was any more warm, that might've been, that might've been a really tough option to say, I don't know, man, I don't know if I can get there fast enough. Um, so there's a lot of those type types of considerations and you're about to go try to fill an elk tag here in a, in a, what a week or so.
1: Yeah. I need to stay off Instagram. I need to stay off social media.
0: <laughs> Why do you say <laughs> that? Is
1: every, well, cause everyone's like, it's every- my first elk hunt. Right. And, and like, I want to be as unbiased as possible in terms of like, what i'm looking for right i i did see some we did see some on my scouting trip right um mm-hmm. and again i i always tell i've been telling myself and my buddy who i'm going with clay who's also uh you know uh in our community of uh modern day uh sniper monthly um but uh you know just being able to see a bunch of herds when we went on our scouting trip and then just understand like his hunting style, right, is essentially um, what I was just, you know, uh, learning. And, and and I think I've been I've told you this, and told I told him this. Like every hunt that I've been on, has just been so different, right, from my very first exposure to hunting, which mm-hmm. was which was uh, antelope, right, out of the back of a truck or out of a truck, and you know, you're just kind of looking from for them, and then park somewhere, and then do your stalk, and then doing uh, the bear hunt with you. And then doing the mule deer hunt that I went on out here. Um, so like a every different, hunt. Different has, flavor. Has, every hunt has been literally uh, different. So I'm excited about this trip. I'm I'm, ex- I'm I'm really glad I went on the scouting trip. It gave me a, a understanding of the lay of land of pretty much our AO that we're going to be operating in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and really understanding time distance, right? Yeah. Of like, okay, like, hey, if we decide to uh, take this herd or, you know, uh, close on this bull. Ah, uh, what does that timeline look like? what you know in terms of uh, being able to hike to a spot to where we can even get even uh, a better look at them and and stuff like that so sure um, i'm pretty i'm I'm pretty stoked about it, but yeah, I mean, the reason why I need to study social media is because everyone's obviously filling their tags already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i I'm getting a little anxious,
0: yeah, man. I mean, it's a like that's a a great hunt and You've got a you've got a tremendous opportunity to to gain some really valuable experience and look at a bunch of different elk um, and figure out, like you said, how how Clay likes to hunt and he's got that area pretty much figured out in terms of you know where and um, you got a great you got a great advantage to have somebody like Clay out there to help you and um, you know he's going to put you on he's going to help you get to a point where you know these decisions you know you're going to be you're going to be helped in making these decisions yeah. based upon like yeah. what's realistic just like the yeah. bear that we found in yep. in washington it's just like hey yeah. we can go do that but there's consequences involved yeah, right <laughs> so there were some
1: there are some serious there i shouldn't say some consequences but there was a lot of uh
0: Yeah. You put, you put all your, there's a
1: lot, there's a lot of physical uh, exertion. um, Yeah.
0: And there's a day like that's a day involved in chasing that one critter. Right. And if it doesn't come to fruition, that's a day that that's a day of, of, um, painful, um, experiences, but valuable experiences.
1: Yeah. Very
0: valuable. Man. I just, you know, it's like, I, I would, I would just say, you know, look for, look for, uh, depending on how many elk you guys are seeing, I'm sure that, that you guys are seeing a fair amount of bulls. How many bulls did you guys find on your, on your scouting trip?
1: Like seven or eight.
0: There you go. I mean, yeah. you know, at that point in time, you're trying to, you're trying to, you know, get your, get your feet underneath you when it comes to this hunting game thing. And yeah. um, I wouldn't just, my recommendation would just be to go out there and a, have a great time. B find a bull that is reasonable that, you know, it's not wise to play the past game. <laughs> you start playing the past yeah. game and that's when things start to, you know, the wheels fall off the bus, so to speak in some instances. Um, but I would just try to find a mature bull and, and, um, and have, have just a great experience.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The The weather's supposed to be coming in uh, this weekend. So um, I was just, you know, just re- reorganizing my organizing my kit. I, I was really happy with the kit that I had brought out again that I had I've taken from you um last year i think the only thing different that i'm bringing this year this this trip is because it is going to be a little colder it's probably uh, a little more warming layers mm-hmm. like gloves and stuff like that I, I forgot gloves thankfully it wasn't cool enough to not have not to need gloves but i know this trip uh i'm gonna need need some gloves um, yeah
0: are you, are you so, guys yeah. expecting any weather while you're on the trip itself or is it still i mean you, you you've got what about a week or so before you're taking off when you you're leaving monday.
1: uh monday next month next monday yeah yeah yeah. so um we're expecting some weather while we're we're out there um possibly some snow so i'm um, hopefully uh yeah hoping hopefully Good. packing for you can be living that kush
0: um, wall tent life
1: yeah yeah
0: nice
1: you know i'd rather i'd rather uh, get shitty weather just to just to soak it all in you know what i mean to like really you know like be in it right Um, yeah
0: it's it's one thing where you're just like all right cool man yeah i want to see what this is like and then you know you're in the tent for like hour 10 and you're like okay i'm over the shit (laughs) it's time to get out of the tent and it's different like if you're in a wall tent it's you know it's one thing um my buddy luke has one of those seek outside uh eight man teepee tents that he's got yeah. the stove for and dude that is an absolute game changer when you have you know uh, a decent amount of space you know to be locked in a tent when it's when there's weather outside especially if you got a hot tent too that's that's awesome that just kind of makes life super cush but that's good man i'm super excited for you that's going to be an absolute freaking blast
1: what a what a lot of people what what's crazy i should say what a lot of people, what what's crazy is like just the amount of how much land there is out here, you know, yeah. like we, we got to our glassing spot. And, and I mean, a lot of, a lot of places I was trying to range. Um, I, I mean, I couldn't even get ranges to, right. Like out out in the, like stuff that looked 800 yards away was really like 1500 yards away. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I think I was telling, I think I was telling you or, um, Pete just recently, like, uh, the stuff that I was ranging at like four or 500 yards, um, like if we had to shoot downhill at something, um just to get to that four or five hundred yards where we're at because of all the down timber and stuff like that. I mean, that was an easy, like still like a four hour movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh I was like, man, like I want to and I know like I always say six hundred yards and in is usually my limit, but like, you know, because of you know, we're in Grisbear country, like I was selling clay, like um I'm I'm gonna limit myself, I'm gonna get within four hundred, you know. Um I mean, if I get closer, that's great. But the furthest shot that I'll take probably on this hunt is 400 yards, just because um, I don't want that much time from the time that I do shoot it uh, until I actually get up on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so
0: yeah, you got that that added. Um... You know, for us here, it's kind of meat spoilage and, you know, you guys, your temperatures are going to be low enough that, you know, meat spoilage is not going to be a huge deal, but you do have the, you know, the potential to have a grizzly bear on that carcass yeah. really, really fast. And those are obviously big time considerations because once he gets it, it's his, you know, he's, yeah. you're, not, you're not getting it back. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. So.
0: Um, no, it's good, man. I think, um, I have heard a lot of people from Wyoming on mule deer hunts that have gone on guided mule deer hunts in Wyoming that the guide is like, Hey dude, check it out. You, you drop the hammer on that critter. We have to be on it within 20 minutes because the rifle shot is the dinner bell. Yeah, Those bears yep. come to the rifle shot and then they get downwind to the rifle shot and and as soon as they can pick it up then they're on it. So it's a it's a very real thing out out there. So <clears throat> you guys are going to have a great time, man. I'm I'm kind of bummed that uh I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going to be with y'all, but it'll be fun for you guys.
1: Dude, next year I'm I'm excited to um stake out some general cuz a lot of the areas that we're hunting are like general deer and general uh larger mm-hmm. bears. Mm-hmm. So uh definitely um, you know and I know general deer is a whole different ball game out here because a lot of what um, hunters do here in Wyoming are um, camp out on migration trails
0: yeah for sure um, so yep. yeah Try to find lo- looking back
1: yeah looking at my looking back at my hunt I'm pretty sure I caught my last year on a migration route with his with his girlfriend's
0: yeah well where were okay. so you guys you were um what time of year was that mid-october
1: mine was about the same time mid mid-october i think it was like right around my birthday yeah so right after your birthday so mm-hmm. is when i shot my uh when i shot my deer yeah yeah
0: so it's like they're just now starting to get into the rut um mm-hmm. younger bucks are going to start getting into the rut a little earlier than the older bucks and they're going to start chasing does. And that's pretty much what your situation was. You had a younger yeah, deer that yeah, was yeah. looking for a girlfriend.
1: Dude, so after we got back from the scouting trip, um, I took, well, uh, Clay had a buck tag for the 81 area, which is just right here down the street in Oregon Basin. It's probably mm-hmm. like 20, 20, 20 minutes. Um, it's on the way to Burlington, right? For that uh, antelope tag, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think, I think, what did we do? Um, Either we had a morning meeting that morning or we had a podcast. I think we no, we had the Ilya podcast that morning. And mm-hmm. then right yeah. afterwards, we went to uh he came over um uh, because we, we planned it. He's like, all right, we'll we'll hunt from like 1230 to about four because I need to be back uh to pick Zoe up. Well, and I've got the live QA tonight. He's like, All right. So I literally we um got out of there, found a herd, and um we drove into this, uh, like dried out, um, riverbed and made our stock and they were moving already. So, um, by the time they actually saw us, uh, we kind of bumped them and we kind of got compromised. So like we closed the distance to about 600, uh, but wind started picking up pretty bad. He was using a seven rem mag. And, um, so we, we ended up getting compromised. They took off. Well, we were looking at kind of the terrain and we're like, well, he knew, he knew the terrain really well. He's like, Hey, we can jump on this road and kind of almost intersect them. Cause I, they look like they're heading and West. So we got back to the truck, um, got back on, you know, the access roads and the different roads there and literally were able to intercept them as they're moving and um, using stocked terrain and stuff like that. It was nice because we parked the truck right before um, we skyline ourselves um and we got to this little mound and um you know we started started glassing and then i think he was because he has a doe tag too so it was like hey you know just um if i don't feel my buck tags fine i'll just shoot a doe and then we saw a couple does well when i got when i got to an area i was able to see like three or four does and i'm like dude i'm pretty sure this is the same herd that we bumped uh when you were initially when we were initially um going on that one buck and Fucking no shit! Like I saw like four or five different does, and I was like, "All right, this is for sure the same herd." Mm-hmm. And um so we started making the stock. And uh, I, this was a really wise decision of him because he, he's like, "Dude, I'm." He we brought his tripod. He's like, "Dude, I think we need my first tripod kill." But dude, winds were like at least fifteen to twenty miles an hour, mm-hmm. and uh, very similar to my situation two years ago when I shot my antelope. Like, it was like, "Man, a kneeling a kneeling shot would be cool," but like, I got to be smart here. Because the wind just started tearing his, his ass apart, and um, so we got him. We got on and uh, he ended up making a really clean shot at uh, 490 with a 7 RAM mag. And what was cool was I was feeding his information um, right on the way there. I had him program my watch that I just got from mm-hmm. Garmin, and uh, literally, it, I mean, all of his dope versus the dope that it, uh, I was getting from my solver and what he had on his cheek pad were lined up to about 600. Uh, you know uh, in minutes and uh like I yelled out to him because he started uh, peeling off away from me I just set up on my glass he, he probably pushed up another like 15 yards at to my 11 o'clock and uh, made a really clean shot in 20 mile an hour wind conditions
0: that's awesome Um so just think about that I mean you know years ago th- those shots at 490 yards were I was like that was a poke you know now it's yeah now it 's something that it 's like, okay, yeah, four, five hundred yards, six hundred yards. You know, we can do this and it's, and it it stems from having experience and knowledge yeah. Um, yeah. hell I even got i got I got my ass handed to me um, shooting up in the high country, and I learned some valuable lessons uh, up there this trip and um, the the night before the evening before I shot my buck, um, it was super windy. And I thought I had the wind direction pegged and where I was shooting into is like a giant bowl. Um, I mean, like it's big country up there. I mean, these, these cliff faces, you, you, you take a, you misstep, you're going to fall and, and you're not going to make it. Like it's, it's a lot of exposure um, and it's really high consequence. And so that creates some, some um, peculiar scenarios for shooting and wind conditions and and all of those things. and, Um, the, uh, I, I ended up moving into this area and finding the spot to observe from. And I knew from my buddy Luke that, uh, bucks would be moving, um, basically at the bases of the cliffs below me. And I got there and I found two deer or I found a doe bedded down at like three in the afternoon. And as soon as I found the doe, then I started to see some other bucks and I found a buck that, um, that was bedded at, 590 yards line of sight, uh, which equaled about 480 yards uh, shoot to distance. While I was shooting down; it's like 40 degrees down, um, and that's a steep shot. 40 degrees down at 590 yards is a that's a that's a pretty steep shot. And I thought that the winds were coming at me from about one o'clock, blowing up into my face we got a little bit of precipitation and I was correlating the, the angle of the precipitation with um, what I was feeling on my face and watching the vegetation where the buck was bedded move. And I watched him for about 30 minutes before I decided to shoot. And um, you know, in hindsight, Based upon where the deer was, it was probably a better, it was probably better that I would have waited to the next day in the morning because I would have been up there. That tre that hill face that he was on, or that that fish that he was on was really, really treacherous. And coming down it during the day, I would not have wanted to come down that um, at night. Like there was a recipe for like a broken ankle, broken leg with 120 pounds in your back type thing. It's not wasn't super safe. So Anyways, I decided that I was going to take my shot because who knows if they would have been there the next day, whatever the case. And um so I got all my dope dialed, and I said okay, fine. I'm going to hold a uh, 0.3 to the right and um cuz the wind was half value and at that range with that 7 Psalm, that's about what I needed for wind. And he was laying down, bedded down, and he wasn't the way he was oriented. I couldn't get a clean shot based upon like the size of the target and the wind conditions there. So I elected to wait until he stood up. I knew he was going to end up standing up within, you know, the next 60 minutes or so and start eating for the night. And he did. And as soon as he stood up, he was facing to the left and, uh, shot for my tripod. And as soon as the shot went off, nothing happened. The deer just stood there. And it was a complete clean miss I had no idea what was happening because where he was in the vegetation up there, um, it's super thick. And, um, for those of you guys who have hunted up in the Alpine, you know, what obviously alder thickets are and you know, um, huckleberry bushes, the bullet just gets swallowed up into that stuff. You can't see any signature. Um, and spotting trace with a seven Psalm from, you know, a field shooting position is pretty much not possible. So, uh I said well um perhaps I didn't read perhaps I just undercalled the wind and I decided to hold another point 3 as much as I would dare right um and so I held point uh point 6 for the second shot sent it again com- still airball had no idea what happened but the deer didn't understand what happened either he was actually feeding the whole time he was just standing there um and once I missed the second shot, I looked around and looked at the other three deer that I could see and they had no idea what was going on either. Like was they were completely oblivious. And so in my mind, I said, okay, well, I haven't busted all these deer out of this, out of this spot. So I'm going to kind of let him feed. And he went behind into a bunch of veg that I couldn't see, but he did leave me his open bed to to, to shoot at and verify and i was like well hey i'm gonna take that opportunity i want to see what's going on maybe my zero's off something is not right this is i've taken shots in these scenarios before and it's like hell the goat that i shot in the grand tetons last year was at 740 yards you know like i don't know what happened so i shot at the bed holding exactly where um exactly where straight up two mils of elevation dialed and i held 0.3 to the right i shot at the center of the bed and the bullet landed a mil high and 0.8 to the right and i was just looking at that going holy shit! what happened i don't understand what happened i maybe my, my zero is jacked up maybe i whacked the rifle on a rock or a tree on the hike in or whatever the case is so i Pull all my crap off the hill, went down to camp and then decided, okay, I'm just going to check my zero at a hundred yards at camp. So I put up a, a you know, a, a meal wrapper on a tree and, and shot and I was like a 10th, a 10th, right. And a 10th high. And it was like, okay, that's not a contributing factor. So something else happened. Um, and I said, all right, well, that's tape. It is what it is. I'm going to go back up there tomorrow and hopefully there's um, you know, no wind condition, whatever it is, and uh, I'll make a clean shot. And that's exactly what happened. The next morning, I went up and found um, one of those same bucks, and I ended up shooting them at 440 yards. Same downward angle, just slightly different spot. However, when I went down to, it took me five hours to get down there, and I got them at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and those afternoon winds had picked up. And the wind was coming from a completely opposite direction. It was coming from left to right at about 16 to 18 miles an hour. And based upon where I was at on the on the cliff edge and where the deer was, the winds were just doing something completely different. And um, when I ran the numbers, there was enough aerodynamic jump in the firing solution that I put the wind coming from that direction at that distance with that downward angle and my dope should have been exactly 0.9 mils high and, or I should have held 0.9 and left 0.8, which is exactly where the bullet landed when I shot at the bed the, the, that night. So that was a lesson learned. Um, I had no idea that aerodynamic jump would take it, take a full mil out of my elevation at 490 yards in those conditions. And that was a great learning experience. So. Um, and that mill caused caused the miss, and thank, thankfully it was a complete air ball, Right, we didn't wound anything, um, but that's definitely a learning point that I will I will never forget. That shot, right? Yeah. That's one of those shots that you just never forget.
1: Yeah, it's crazy because it's one of those shots too that is like uh, in conditions that are that you don't find yourself in on on a daily basis right. or even a monthly basis right for for uh, shooting competitions i mean really the only place that i know of that i see pictures of that i hear about it um is brian morgan place in idaho mm-hmm. that that has angles like that yep. uh, that those guys are shooting consistently in in, in um high angles uh, in in tricky wind conditions where as the average the average, even the average uh, uh, precision rifle competitor, unless they're typically shooting out here in the Pacific Northwest, they probably see those conditions maybe once a year for one stage. Yeah, for sure. And and so think about the average shooter that goes out and experiences that kind of hunt.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and And And
1: that kind of shot.
0: Yeah. Phil, if I didn't have an opportunity to go like if if i didn 't have an opportunity to to see what those conditions were um, being replicated I would have shit I would still be completely confused you know i wouldn't i wouldn 't have known what was happening and why that happened um, you know obviously anything can happen, but there was no chance of bullet deflection from some sort of you know intermediate object in between me and the target like know your, your brain is going through all of these things and you're like yeah i checked that yeah i checked that yeah i got that what eh, what just happened right now and so it was a good it was just a good learning experience and you know all's well that ended well that's fine um but it'll definitely be that'll definitely be added to my to my <laughs> to my knowledge bank just because hey that's uh that's an area that i like to hunt and there's many many opportunities to have those same set of conditions replicated
1: what uh what firing solution did you use did you use it from your i'm assuming you brought your elrs your swarovski yeah
0: so i i used the the el ranges um and i just got i used the shoot two distance um because the buck was bedded so i had all the time in the world well not all the time but plenty of time to, to figure it out and make sure that everything was set up just right and um i used uh i just consulted the dope card i was like hey the, the shoot two distance is 490 yards and i looked at my dope card my hard data card and it said dial two mils so i dialed two mils and sent missed mill high right so that's crazy yeah it was pretty it was pretty nuts and i'm just glad that you know that um i'm just that glad. it was a miss that it, it was that it was a complete airball miss yeah, like, yeah, yeah totally yeah. glad for that um yeah so, but I mean, again, great learning experience because I mean, I've shot—we've both shot in flat fire conditions, in those wind speeds, and have not seen any type of noticeable elevation shift as yeah, a result yeah, of that. So that's yeah. where you know my mind's just like, hey, I, I completely thought or forgot of um, adding in the angle creates such a more profound effect on aerodynamic jump. Aerodynamic jump, yeah. I yeah. shot an email off to to our buddy Jaden. for help i'm like dude i need some help i don't understand um and so i haven't really gotten back to him yet it's hunting season as well for those guys so jaden's a busy man but um as soon as i hear back from him i will definitely uh do i definitely want to do a write-up on it and and just make sure that that information is out on the blog and, and stuff like that
1: you know, you know the, there's these long-range shooting phenomenons that happen all the time that you hear about. And we actually had a question came up during our live Q&A. I'll, I'll talk about it um, here just because it, it was interesting because it was something that I ran into at a match. But, um, you know, I think it was Ray that said uh, he was shooting uh, in a squad and then uh, got to a target and everyone was missing high over it. Like he had to come two tents specifically for this target t- down to hit it. And everyone in the squad was experiencing that, right? Like, it wasn't just him. And he's like, what could cause a two-tenth shift at this distance? And, uh, you know, I brought up my story about what happened at the Wisconsin Barrel Maple Classic, where, um, again, same thing. Uh, and guys that are, are uh, that shot that match will agree with me. You know, there's this, this uh, array – there was a – I shouldn't say a troop line because they were all at the same distance. They were just literally different targets shapes from left to right at the same distance it was like a little over a grand and um my buddy it was it was our last stage of the day and my buddy um who had shot with before he's on the east coast baron he's like he's like hey have you shot the humvee stage yet i'm like no he's like he's like i don't know what's going on but um i had to come two or three tenths out of my dough so i'd recommend you do the same and i'm like there's no freaking way dude like two or three tenths like and so thankfully i wasn't the first shooter uh, uh, that would have that sucked I was like I was like shooter number five or six um in in the in the loop so we got there right and what do you know the very first shooter goes up and he starts missing high but I you know I'm not convinced yet because it's just a first shooter maybe he's got mm-hmm. bad fundamentals maybe you know he's he's doing something wrong so I'm watching him I'm, I'm, I'm my spotter's like as close to the shooter as he can without interfering with the ROs and I'm just watching these bullets sail over these animals because they're animal-shaped targets, right? So they're not very vertic- vertically forgiving. And uh, so that first shooter goes, and I ask him, hey, what dope did you use? And I was like, hey, I use my dope for this. Day. I, was, I think it was like – it was just a little over 1,000 um, yards. I don't think it was that exactly – I have my matchbook here somewhere. But anyways, he's like, I was just – you just use your your standard dope? He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Second shooter goes, <laughs> guess where he's at? He's high over the top. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, uh, he figures it out and he's able to hit a couple, uh, by the, uh, uh, third or fourth target, the third shooter goes. And at this point, because we have all shot together, uh, that full day, everyone's kind of getting along. And, and, um, I recommend to the third shooter. I was like, Hey dude, come down two tents from your dope and use this wind call. And fucking by the third shooter, dude, he do like, not He doesn't clean it, but he gets, you know, uh, starts getting like sevens, uh, and eights and stuff like that. And so when I go up there, I'm like, all right, so I come down three tenths on my dope because I know, like, if I shoot that, a lot of times people, when you're high, what people will do is just come down a tenth, right? Right. Um, it's like, no, when you're high above a target, you need to at least come down two tenths because, like, I would come down a tenth if I hit, if I saw that I hit the top of the plate. Yeah. Right. But if you're over the plate, guess what? You need to come at least two tenths down. So I think I came three down, three tenths down from my original dope, but I got nine out of 10. I missed one of my uh, wind calls uh, too bold. Um, and that's what I told the rest of the squad that was shooting behind me. I was like, Hey, take whatever your dope that you have and subtract three tenths. I can't tell you why that is like right now, but it's working. <laughs> right. And it worked. Right. Um, and and those are conditions that you don't, that like, you won't know about it until you are shooting it for sure. And until you actually believe the bullet.
0: Agreed. Yeah, man. And, and that was, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you have to, you have to believe what happened and you have to like look at it from a, an objective standpoint and try not to do, try your best to not, you know, um, beat yourself up. Like, Hey, the, the only thing I can say is I, I broke, I I had a good position. I had a solid sight picture. I know I broke the trigger nice and clean Everything after that is now. It's time we believe the bullet, right? Whatever ever happens, and hey, like in my situation, I couldn't see where the bullet was landing, so it was like I made a change. Uh, But even then, I was super hesitant to make that change because I didn't want to make. I didn't want to. If I missed, if I if I overcalled the wind on that particular facing animal, I would have hit it too far back. Yeah. And now we got a we got another big problem. So. I don't know. It's just those things that that come with experience and and looking at situations. And and now I definitely will will uh, will look at that situation in a completely different way uh, if it's presented to me in the future. So yeah, man, it's um it's fun. It's super fun. So what else we got? What else do we? we got all kinds of stuff going on at modern day sniper right now we got we got we got fall classes coming up let's talk about some fall classes that we got coming up
1: yeah so we're heading out to the east coast after hunting season uh, in november um november 8th through the 11th is our uh introduction to a long range competition right mm-hmm. and so what is that what is the intro to comp- competition or low range competition that's pretty much like our uh PR101 and and it's funny i actually got a, a message the other day or someone brought it up it's like hey you changed all of your uh, class names why would you do that and i was like well when someone looks up low range shooting class they don't look up PR101 like right. <clears throat> pr what's the nearest pr101 next to me right so um Anyways, uh, our intro to long range competition is pretty much our introduction to long range shooting in general with a competition focus, right? Because, I mean, let's, we can all say that and agree that the, the you know, PRS, NRL, all the, just the long range shooting industry is blowing up, right? Everyone wants to start shooting long range and, and get into the competition side. So that's what the focus is, is like, hey, this is what we do. This is how you get into uh, competition shooting, and these, these are at least the foundational things that you need not only to be successful, right? But to have a great learning experience when you do uh, start shooting competitions, right? And and lay a good foundation, right? So mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, you always have something to fall back to after the competition when you're training yourself. Um, so that's a four-day course um, that, you know, uh, 400 rounds. That's at Pig River in Rocky Mountain, Virginia. Great, great facility. So we're coming back next year. And then right after that, we've got our advanced uh, precision uh, rifle course or, long, or advanced long range course, mm-hmm. which is uh, the 13th through the 15th um, at the same venue.
0: Yeah, Pig River's awesome, man. If you guys if you guys are in that vicinity and you're looking for a class, that's that's a great venue to come shoot at. And uh, you know, Josh Bandy, our host, um, who is the uh, the owner there at Pig River Precision. He is uh, very detail-oriented. He he has a like a pristine shooting facility, and he takes a lot of pride in maintaining that uh, that level of, of um, pristine uh, exposure to the customers. And um, everybody had a great time last year, and are uh, really looking forward to coming back. So um, there are some slots left. If you guys want to jump in on it, make sure you get on that uh, make sure you get on that train because the next. Month we're going to be in Texas at Rifles Only, and we're going to be teaching with Jacob. Um, we have a moving target clinic, and what else we what else we got down there? Along another PR,
1: another uh, advanced competition or advanced uh, precision rifle course.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you not, got
1: not a competition clinic,
0: if you guys are looking for any type of um, kind of technical i would say that jacob's venue is pretty technical in that sense because um it's basically a precision rifle playground he's got ranges all over the place uh different wind directions you can shoot his movers from many different angles and um i think it's going to be a great opportunity for people to just focus on shooting moving targets for two days and um you know getting all the bugs worked out and also in a bunch of different wind conditions
1: uh, in and and not only wind conditions but a lot of it it's clean air right yeah and what i mean it, what i mean by that is like there's very very minimal um like uh, blockages from like trees or terrain right so you know when you're shooting in the tower at the long range bay you, you're literally getting clean you know air in terms of wind so people that are not are used to holding like off of plate on target that's where that's where you get at rifles only yeah but you also you 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 um uh what you see is what you get right you're not you're not uh you know seeing a right to left wind call but having to hold the other side of the plate yeah you know that's where stuff gets confusing and stuff like that so like i I think as a uh like a exposure to you know making wind calls and stuff like that jacobs facility is great
0: that and um what else are you going to say about that Um, he shoots small targets too. Yep, And shooting small targets is fantastic for learning how to refine those wind calls and making really, really precise shots. So moving target clinic, and then our uh, advanced precision rifle class there, that is another fantastic venue just because of the diversity that Jacob has with different props and different shooting angles. Um, and he has a bunch of challenging stuff and and it's always a blast to go hang out with Jacob and Lisa there and, and, and Mr. Lindy, because that's like a little little family down there and, and it's always cool to be a part of it. And they're so, they're so welcoming. Um, right after what, then December, we are going back to, we're going to Florida in January um, to Altus, which is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that because that course um, that'll be our first time shooting at Altus Uh, are holding classes at altus i know they're pretty excited about having us down and then we got two classes there and then in february we are going to be um back in florida again just a different part of the state this time um down in the uh in more the central portion of the state back to uh, volusia county and um that's also another great venue to uh uh, another great venue to look at. So uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on this fall and into the winter. So hopefully you guys, um, hopefully you guys have seen our class schedule. If you guys haven't, go to moderndaysniper.com, and if you look at on the website, it'll say in-person classes. Hit that link. We have a completely new technology platform that Cassandra uh, just freaking killed it on when. Um, we we're looking for a better solution for you guys as the end user to be able to kind of manage your own registrations. And um, it's got a lot more information on the website itself. Each kind of each class is its own little miniature website. And so you have all of the information there at your fingertips. A lot of it's automated. And um, we're pretty excited about uh, the the customer experience that you guys are going to have. So uh, make sure you guys cruise over there, check that out, check out the in-person classes. The same time, you're also going to see all of our uh, virtual classes up. Those are all uh, listed as events as well. So all the virtual classes that we got coming up, you can see those, you can pre-register for those. If you're like, yeah, man, I definitely want to do that one, that one, that one. And now you have the opportunity to pre-register for those. So, uh, have a look at that and we're pretty uh we're pretty stoked. So what else man? What else? We've got fall classes, fall classes coming up.
1: Um that's really uh that's I mean and then the NRL Hunter uh competition just came, or the season just came yeah, out. Yeah, that season uh, came out. I'm, I'm excited to to start seeing which ones um, I can fit in our calendar. Um, oh, we're going to uh, we're going to the UK next year, yes.
0: Um,
1: September of uh, 2022. 2022. Um, and the way that's working, guys, is um, uh, Andy and Trey from the uh, PRS uh, UK over there, they're handling all of the registrations, right? Is that is that Am I? Yeah, am I yeah, yeah.
0: Those guys are going to handle registrations. Um, they're gonna, they're gonna be the ones kind of managing all that stuff. Yep. And we're gonna show up. We're gonna be teaching four classes there, um, just because it's such a big trip to go to go across the ocean. Um, we're gonna be there for a couple of weeks, and based upon based upon the interest that those guys have have seen, if you guys are in Europe and you want to train, I would strongly recommend that you get a hold of, um, the, uh, the PRS boys over there and get yourselves, uh, signed up for a class because like I said, based upon the, the feedback that they've received and that we've received as well, I'm fairly certain that all of those slots are going to get gobbled up pretty fast. So make sure that you get registered if you're at all interested.
1: Yeah, I, I haven't, uh, it's funny you, you had asked me, I think we were catching up the other day. I, um, you were asking me what's what's new in, in the competition well honestly i haven't been paying attention because it's hunting season mm-hmm. um and uh like i used to have and, and maybe people that are com- competing right now can probably resonate with this but i used to have a uh, bad fomo right you know what fomo is killing
0: no what's fomo
1: we are missing out
0: oh um, yeah okay All right? i just like, haven't always, heard that
1: yeah always having to be and i like i struggle with that probably um I struggled with that a lot last year and, uh, at the beginning of this year, but like now I'm like not over it, but I mean, there's just so many matches, you know, year round. It's and tough, dude. It's tough. It's tough to, to, to go to every single one time consuming. Right. Um, and, uh, I mean, with it being fucking hunting season, like it's not, it's not, it's not, not that it's impossible, but you know, I think, um, what has my focus right now is this, uh, this, um, hunt, you know and then and then school just started, you know what i mean uh so
0: well yeah, and this is a big deal for you, right, so like yeah. there's rifle matches literally multiple times a month, That's right. every month of the year, yeah, and for the pre- foreseeable future every year you know in and yeah. into the future, so yeah, it's like those things will always be there be right? there. those right. will always be there, but you know you
1: drawing a fifty five elk tag- or sorry, it's drawing a Wyoming elk tag yeah. a, you know in a uh specific unit it's,
0: that's good, man. That's, yeah, that's, Yeah, I'm excited. Well, it was like last year, you know, um, what I really love the, the Washington high buck hunt like that for us. That's our, if you don't draw a tag in Washington, that's one of the best hunts we have. Um, and I know I'm kind of like, people are people, are, you know, I wrote a blog about it in 2018. That blog got a lot of attention and there are a lot more people out there chasing bucks in the high country in Washington. And that's, that's a good thing. Um, however for those of you guys that are already out there and you get your honey holes picked out it might force you to now that there's more popularity of this hunt it might force you to start um, extending your distance a little bit and and having to go a little bit deeper just because of the presence but I've also found that you know that hunt is always going to be there and when like the Teton trip came up well, no shit, I'm going to go hunting in the Tetons because the Washington State High always going to be there, right? And there's always going to be the, that opportunity to have that experience, whereas going to the Tetons is not. So I get you, man, with the fear of missing out. Um, Cass and I talk talk about that a lot, and it's like, okay, well, do you want to go to this event because – do you want to go to that event because now it's all time management. It's time budgeting because there's only so many weekends in the year there's only so many things that we can do and if we want to do them all okay that's cool but at what cost
1: at what cost that's right at
0: what cost to you know your work performance at what cost to your uh your your family at what cost to your own you know your own mental headspace so we got to be looking at all that stuff and you know you covered that really well in that in that last headspace hub lesson that we did and and talking about building a daily routine and talking about some of those aspects of, okay, well, how do I plan this out? You know, what really is important to me for us? It's a little different because it is, it does cross the, it does cross the boundary between work and play. And it is difficult to, to be a, um, a professional in the space as well as, um, Doing this day in and day out, and then choosing, okay, well, what do I want to do with my time this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but then competing is a different is a different world. And I guess I'd like to maybe chat about that a little bit in terms of, um, you know, shifting focus about what competing is, and um, you know, like myself, it, this last year was pretty tough in terms of in terms of my uh, mental approach to competing, and. I want to I want to make sure that i 'm always taking a really objective approach to that and not letting the fear of missing out dictate you know the level of performance and and all of those things that go into that and this year i 've kind of come to the conclusion that um, I needed to be not so miserly in my ways of looking at at competition. Uh, in terms of the gaming aspect of it and what really is competition. Well, we can look at competition in a couple of different ways. We can look at it as um, a, a game, which it is, it is a game. And then we can look at it and say, well, I'm, even though I know it's a game, I'm still going to try to approach it with the practical aspect of things. And the fact is, if you want to do well, if you want to do well in competition, then you have to learn how to play the game well and playing the game well comes along with all of the things that, that it's cartridge selection, it's gear selection. It's your mindset of how you approach things. Um, and it's not allowing your own, um, I guess your own mental limitations to say, I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to use a tripod rear on that because you know, it's uh, that's kind of lame well guess what dude like if you want to win and you're there to win all the dudes that you're trying to beat are going to do that on this stage
1: because they don't give a shit because they don't give a shit what 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 you're well they don't care
0: about what it looks like they care about bullets hitting targets
1: that's right right so the idea is to hit and get a a, get impacts on target yeah and by any means necessary
0: and so like if you're willingly and knowingly hamstringing yourself by um kind of being pig headed and I'll admit I was being pig headed for a while and um I'm I've finally I've finally like completely embraced and embodied um what that means to play the game and I'm gonna come at the I'm gonna come at the the 2022 season in a completely different mental headspace when it comes to competing. You're
1: gonna go BRA?
0: I'm going BRA um and it's like all right dude fuck it we'll play the game y'all won't play the game let's play the game
1: dude i have not other than just this last week um i haven't touched my reloading bench since the (laughs) nrl hunter
0: since the nrl hunter yeah Yeah. literally
1: just because like i I had a bunch of rounds left over i've still got a bunch of factory stuff and that's just been what i've been using for all of our uh, like practice sessions and stuff Mm -hmm. like that um yeah you know I, i it, I just, I, I think it just, um, just comes in waves. You know what I mean? Just because there's just so much, you know, um, like going to the range, uh, is, is like, like I have a hard time with, l- unless like a, it's like a dedicated focus, like load development, I have a hard time going the range without bringing camera equipment.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> Just tough, man. Well, it's part of so, our job.
1: Yeah. You know, you creating content and stuff like that. So um, it's been a while since I've had like absolute 100% focused in, uh, in the training routine. Cause usually it's, you know, something that I'm I'm thinking about or maybe something that I saw, you know, that I want to, that I, that I want to talk about um, when I go to uh when I go to the range, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'll, I'll make a real quick video. And and now with the trigger cam and, you know, two cameras, that's a minimum of three cameras to, to handle and then post footage,
0: right. And then reviewing you doing it and stuff like that you incorporated, uh, you know, um, like spotting scope perspective, that's yep. four, four angles now. Yep. Um. It's not easy, like it's not easy. Um. And that was something that, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you can quickly get yourself into a a time pickle and have all of this footage. You can have gigs and gigs and gigs of footage, but you also have to have the time to turn those gigs and gigs of footage into consumable content for, for those (laughs) of you guys that are listening to us and watching us. So it it is a lot of work, um, but we're happy to do it. Like I really enjoy it. it. I really love doing it. I love producing the content. I also love um, editing the content because I get a chance to be creative and learn and um, just learn all kinds of stuff stuff about how to be creative and how to present information to you guys in a different way. And, um, you know, I guess the more and more we do this stuff, the more and more authentic it becomes, right? So um, just getting more and more comfortable with um, presenting information and, you know, having a camera in front of your face is, it's intimidating. And, you know, even if you've been doing it for a really long time, it's still intimidating because you want to make sure that it's just right. You know, you want to make sure that it's presented just right. And do-overs are costly. Do-overs are super costly. Like if you're out there and you're you're doing your thing and then you find out later that 30 minutes of your, of your footage has to be scrapped because of audio, it's just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And it, it, those things happen, right? And that's just part of the game. So... Um, I am excited, though, about, uh, about 2022's competition season. Um, you know, you and I have had some, some pretty decent heart-to-heart talks about that. And um, there's a time, I guess there's a time and a place to train for practicality. And then there's a time and a place to embrace, fully embrace and embody the game. Yeah, And, Great. you know, you just have to be able to make that, that disconnect. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it, man.
1: Yeah, should be should be should be good. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for the the rest of the year though. I mean, we've got three months left. Um, still got the PRS finale uh, for me, and then you know we've still got those in-person classes and in three months of. Um, one one of the things I do want to focus on this year too for um for our uh, for our subscription service is um, cold weather stuff, cold weather mm-hmm. shooting, cold weather training, yeah. cold weather. Um, considerations in terms of optics and, you know, battery life and stuff like that. So um, everyone knows that, you know, I, I've, I geek out on uh, advancements of technology with what we got going on right now. So uh, I've got a lot of uh, tests that I have, you know, uh, that I want to do with, you know, the Terrapin X, the, the new Garmin watch, uh, the range finders, you know what I mean? Uh, because uh, the snow and, and the uh, uh, cold weather puts a, it's a, it's a, puts a whole nother you know um a spin on how your gear uh, operates you know so
0: yeah there are some people that were talking about um especially specifically on the terrapin x about how cold weather was zapping batteries and i made the um i made it a point to keep my my terrapin x with the, the same battery that i got it in last summer um i kept that thing in my pickup truck in my truck vault for it never came out like it whether it was hot or cold or whatever it just lived in the truck vault and i wanted to make sure that the battery was exposed to or the unit was exposed to all of those consistent temperatures and that battery lasted like 10 months nice I mean it was just yeah it finally it finally died like in the beginning of the summer the beginning of the next summer
1: and that was original battery that I came with right yep
0: the original battery so um they've definitely got the battery stuff worked out Now I won't uh, definitely like if you got it if you're running it on bluetooth all the time that's a different story it will suck batteries down I'm not a huge bluetooth user when it comes to that thing as of yet um you're shaking your head because you know that that I will be um Oh, safe,
1: no no but... no i'm I'm shaking my head because it's not like them the same thing it's like i will use the bluetooth it's convenient from an instructor standpoint or if mm-hmm. i go to the range i've got targets that i need to shoot i can just build a real quick range card right mm-hmm. of the targets that i have out there and then i immediately turn my bluetooth off because like there's no re- right. there's no ra- there's no sense in rearranging the target unless i'm going through a specific exercise sure very true so, so.
0: Cool. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. I'm looking forward to the colder months um because there are we, I I I'm going to be doing some segments uh for the Modern Day Rifleman network on cold weather shooting, cold weather gear selection. There are a lot of folks out there that go buy a bunch of cold weather gear um and really don't understand how to use it, and I know that sounds really ridiculous. Um but believe it or not, like there is a science behind Um, keeping yourself warm so and properly using your layers to do that is what's going to help you Um, and we'll offer up some tips and tricks that I've learned over the years to keep myself warm and dry that will hopefully help you guys out in the future so um, we got a bunch of we got we got some stuff coming out um, on the admin side of the house we're going to be working on some Uh, some newsletters. I got to do an official, I'm going to do an official um, recap on the, on the 2021 high buck hunt and um, some other things like that, that you guys can expect on to see on the blog and through email. So keep your eyes peeled for your, on your email accounts for some different things coming up. And um, we just did a badass stone glacier giveaway. Um, We're going to be doing that every quarter so uh that's exclusively available through the modern day rifleman network so if you are not a member yet i would strongly recommend you guys get over there um our first gear giveaway winner um took home um one of stone glaciers avail 2200 bags which is a a hell of a value for just participation um and as that grows and grows and grows, more participation is obviously going to decrease your odds. So make sure you guys get into the network and um, see what's there, see what's, uh, see what's floating around. The network is growing super fast. We're about to pass 2000 members, which is awesome. It's just like, that's mind blowing. And the podcast, which you guys are listening to now, we are very, very closely coming up on uh, a half a million downloads which this. just for me is just that's just that's cool, super awesome cool well man it's a good catch up um i think this is a great spot to wrap it up and um we've got a uh by the time you guys hear this episode that it'll, it'll already have been passed but uh, i'm going to give a class a virtual class tomorrow on terminal ballistics for all of you guys that are out there getting ready to go hunt this season um and yeah, man, we're just going to continue to build content for you guys. Thank you guys so much for being listeners and viewers and followers and, and, uh, and customers. It's, um, it's really humbling to see the, uh, it's really humbling to see, uh, the, the warm reception, man, of, of, of the information. So thank you guys very much.
1: Yeah. We appreciate everyone that's come back to listen and, um, especially those that reshare the, uh, especially you guys' favorite podcasts, we know we know the last two podcasts that we do we're we're we're, we're on point um but uh you know uh, i know a lot of you guys uh, are um in the in the uh you know uh, in the dark about what what we got coming up because i get emails and messages all the time hey you know what's what's coming up with you guys in terms of classes i'm not saying that you guys can't hit the website but You know, I know that you guys are listening to the podcast as well. Yeah, so hit the website. But cool, guys. Uh, Appreciate every single one of you guys. Um, If we don't see you guys in the network, we will see you guys in the next podcast. And
0: you guys know the drill. Keep your face on the gun. Awesome, man. Take it easy, guys.